your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Tuesday, Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914 is the talking text line if you want to get in here. 608-785-7914. Coming up in a little bit. Not that, not that long. A little bit. That's why I said a little bit. Adam Adam Lorenz, he's the Municipal Transit Utility Manager, MTU. Uh, if you remember Joe Biden, that guy came to visit lacrosse a couple weeks ago. Well, he visited the MTU. So we'll talk to Adam about that a little bit. I also wanted to talk to him about something a little not MTU, but kind of MTU, but um, we talked to the mayor last week about this, the, the idea of, of capital improvement projects over the next five years being ranked and who ranks them, how are those being ranked? Well, Adam is one of the guys in the city of La Crosse amongst the, uh, he's on the ranking team, I should say. So we're going to talk to him about that, how that process works. And does he throw all his, uh, MTU things at the top of the ranking? Uh, but we did get news earlier this afternoon. We now have two suspects in that triple homicide that came. Uh, that the, the news broke Friday afternoon that that it happened. I, I guess the the uh, the investigators believe it happened between two and five a.m. Friday morning, and uh, the triple homicide: three men in their twenties. All right, I'm going to try to get these names right. So the one guy's a. Uh, 41-year-old. His last known address was Wausau. His name is Camthonet Ratanasak. Camthonet Ratanasak. And um, if you go, if you C-cap him, right, like you go and check out his court records, he's got 21 court records. They, they date back to 1996. And, and they're c- kind of all over the place. Um, burglary, possession of firearm, uh, as a felon, uh, there's a domestic abuse one, but where a lot of the like strangulation suffocations are dismissed, and then another charge is you know he pleads guilty to another charge. So I'm not like I'm not an expert in. Well, did that not happen then, or did they just plea? You know, uh, drugs, child support, taxes. So those are a, a bunch of the things that this guy. Uh, one of the suspects here in the triple homicide has on his C-cap, right? And then the other guy's named Nayatau, uh, 33-year-old, his last known address, Holman. And if you C-cap him, he's got 24, dating back to 20, 2006. And 24 court hearings, I guess. Um, and then I just went back to 2016. So there was drugs, property theft, uh, also possession of firearms, a felon. So kind of the same deal there between the two suspects here in that triple homicide. Um, and we had a little bit of social media drama right right in the middle of the show. So I didn't get this I didn't I didn't get to see this. The way Facebook works, I have Facebook tell me, hey, anytime someone of whatever, if the mayor posts something, I see it. It's supposed to notify me, but Facebook decides it's not going to notify me in real time. It's going to notify me when it wants. So I didn't get this notification right away. Um, But the La Crosse County Sheriff's Department sent out their press release, uh, just their update on where we are with this murder trial yesterday at about 530. And they posted it to social media as well. 
Well, the and and none of this this stuff I I just mentioned came out today, but the stuff that we got yesterday was just that they were looking at the three victims and where they had been the last twenty four hours and and just to try to figure out who they maybe interacted with and stuff. And they they used the victims' mugshots as their pictures because they've been in court before, so they use their mugshots. Uh, we chose not to use those mugshots, thanks to Tracy Balzer uh, kind of pointing that out. And um, a lot of people on social media and the, on all the other media websites and the La Crosse County Sheriff's Office uh, pointed that out as well. Hey, these people were murdered and they're victims. And at this point, using their mug, mugshots is pretty insensitive. Despite their past, they're gone now, right? Like, why, you know, do, do some, do, just don't use their pictures then if we don't have one or get another picture. I mean, all these investigations that we're doing, we don't have other pictures of the victims. So, uh, that was that kind of, if you went to the comic se- comment section of any of the media outlets or the sheriff's department and the sheriff's department took down the press release to their credit, uh, pretty quickly, it wasn't up very long. And, but the, the only thing is, is then they didn't repost it. I don't believe um, and they sent the press release they sent to the press had had uh, mugshots in it. And uh, to the Tribune's credit, at some point, they, they took down the mugshots and said, you know, something on Facebook about about uh, the sensitivity of using u- using the mugshots and that they, they decided to take them down. Uh, nothing from the Sheriff's Department that I can see in terms of apologizing. I, or just saying, "Hey, we made a mistake uh, doing that. That wasn't that wasn't right." So, uh, a little bit of drama amongst the you know more important details of trying to find the killers. But at that point, we didn't have a whole lot of information, and um, just using the victims' mugshots just seemed uh, it just didn't seem this <laughs> is like so irrelevant at that point. Like you don't need to do that. Uh, I get if you don't have a picture of the victims, just put, hey, we don't have any picture of the victims, or, or just don't do anything. Like, don't put anything. We're, we're, you, it's your press release. So, uh, But that's what the La Crosse County Sheriff's Department decided to do um, and then just took it down and didn't say anything at all about it after that and then didn't put anything up. I, th- I feel like you just cut out the mugshots and repost the repost the uh, the press release. And and just say here it is, <laughs> no harm, right? Or or apologize, like the Tribune. Credit to the Tribunes for uh, the Tribune posted on social media. We've removed the photos of the free victims provided by police from this story and social media posts. So I guess they didn't really apologize, but they just said they they had removed the victims. Um. All right. So that's that. Uh, a couple of stories coming out of Madison. A couple of stories coming out of Green Bay and Milwaukee. If you noticed on social media, Aaron Rodgers showed up. Almost, he could almost uh, do a man bun. I think. I, I feel like I saw a couple pictures there. Uh, one on the WKTY page, Facebook page, uh, or WKTY Sports. If you go to the story about him returning, uh, man, could could Aaron Rodgers go man bun at this point? I don't know. He's got kind of a greasy hair look. Pretty long. It looks like you know pandemic hair. A lot of guys are doing that. They, they haven't come, cut their hair in a in a pandemic, right? How long is a pandemic? Well, it's a year and a half now. Um, so Rogers looking a little greasy, <laughs> kind of looking like it looks like a bad A, right? Like a bad A. Uh, 
So he's back. And um, our other MVP, so Rogers MVP last year, Christian Yelich MVP a couple of years ago or three years ago, he's out for the Brewers. He's got COVID. He had been vaccinated, according to reports, but uh, he's out, tested positive for COVID. So kind of troubling. We hear this once in a while. Uh, people vaccinated, testing positive for COVID. And now our all-star MVP is out. Um, not having a great year anyway. Maybe it'll help the Brewers at this point. Uh, but right at the same time. And, and he's not the only Brewer that's out. Jace Peterson, I believe, was the other one. Yeah, Jace Peterson, who was replacing another injured outfielder. And while that happens, uh, Lorenzo Kane comes off the injured list. So the Brewers can kind of fill in. Lucky the Brewers signed all those outfielders. All right, so that's the whirlwind of news. I didn't even get to Madison, did I? I'll do that after we talk to Lorenz. But uh, there, there is some interesting news. Robin Voss, uh, some some talk about uh, another election probe. The election that election happened eight months ago, if you remember uh, that presidential election. It's hard to re- hard, it's hard to remember that far back, but uh, amongst the pandemic too, it feels like a decade ago. Uh, so I think I think Wisconsin's up to about four election probes at this point. Uh, if they want to do this this next one. Um, but Robin Voss, some news there. And then also uh, the uh, bleep swinging contest, I'll just say, amongst Republicans and Governor Tony Evers and who can accomplish less. So Republicans want to end that $300 unemployment, and they decided to try to a veto override, hoping some Democrats would vote with them. And... On the flip side, Evers decided, oh, if you're going to do that, well, you know, everyone's going to be in town then. Then we'll have a special session on getting public education better funded. And, of course, we uh, we might have set a record. I'm not sure. Tregoski texted me, said they, they did it. They uh, they might have set a record, but I, I, I have to push back against what he, what he texted me. But we'll get to that in a bit. Um, all right. I got to get to Adam Lorenz with the MTU, but Brad doing the news first. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. It's the text line at this minute because Adam Lorenz is on with me. He's the municipal transit utility czar. Adam, have we changed your name to czar yet? <laughs> uh, close enough, I'll take it. Close enough, yeah. We try, we're trying. I mean, with the mayor in here, we used to call everyone the czar, so I don't know why Mayor Reynolds hasn't switched everyone uh, over to, <laughs> to czar nicknames. But, um all right, I think uh, you know there, there's a there's some business I want to talk about the capital improvement project ranking system, which is kind of something new and and, and seems pretty interesting in how we're going to rank projects five years down the road, right? That's correct. Yeah, and, the five year plan. And I think people might be interested in that to an extent, but what most people want to know is how did you get Joe Biden to come down to the bus barn? Is that what we're calling that thing, the bus barn? And why didn't you throw him in a big orange snowplow? Well, uh, I guess I'll, I'll address the snowplow question right away. Um, I don't have that much authority, and uh, to override the Secret Service would take an act of God. Uh, it was interesting to watch the uh, political side of Joe Biden's team or President Biden's team uh, have them, I don't want to call it go to battle, but have them have disagreements with the Secret Service. Um, you know, they had all these ideas for him to be underneath the doorway or underneath the truck, and the Secret Service put a stop to all that. I mean... All of our uh, overhead doors had to be disabled. Uh, nothing with hydraulics could be up. I mean, they they look at every absolute angle you can think of, and they make sure the president's not put into any type of predicament that he shouldn't be in. So uh, the big orange snowplow, that was one of those predicaments they would not allow. So they wouldn't even let him just get in one, huh? 
Nope, they didn't want him elevated off the ground. Oh wow! So we just like we've seen him fall off Air Force One steps or trip on the steps. So they were probably thinking like, yeah, he'll probably trip on. Uh, maybe he'll trip on uh, trying to get in or out of that thing. Well, maybe that's a good thing then. We don't want that liability at the City Lacrosse. So maybe that was good for all of us, I guess. It would really put us on the map, though, Adam. You really should have pushed harder <laughs> for it. Um, yeah, did you? It, it, yeah, that seems interesting. Just the the, the the little internal struggle because they want fun PR that gets, you know, cool pictures and the the Secret Service didn't want to have any fun at all. Imagine that. Yeah, like I said, it was really interesting to watch. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many teams come in that, you know, all play their small role when obviously the president's coming, you know. And uh, it, what was really amazing is you have these different teams come in. We only had a 36-hour turnaround period. And then to see all that come together, and I think for the most part play out um, the way they planned it on the actual day that uh, the president came to visit. So that was interesting and, and, and fun to watch. Now, are you in the bus barn there down there in Isle of Plume? Do you work out of there or do you work out of City Hall? Uh, nope. So I actually, so the, there's the bus barn that everybody knows, and that's where we house our buses. But right next to that is the MSC building. So yeah. that's where the street department is housed, some of the parks, and then uh, our uh, MPU offices are housed down there as well. So that's actually where the main uh, tour, if you want to call it, was. Now, when I got the phone call that Saturday when I just got back from vacation that this might be happening, um, I met uh, some of the White House team down at Grand River Station because that's obviously, you know, our, our pride and joy for the MTU if anybody's going to do any type of press conference. Um, but c- talking to them a little bit further, they were looking for that. They were looking for infrastructure. Uh, they wanted auto shops. They wanted uh, the whole nine yards of the mechanical atmosphere. So I brought them down there, and they did a walkthrough and said, uh, well, we have a couple locations we're thinking about. Why yours? And that's where I'd put my salesman hat on and, and pitch all the great things about uh, our MTU staff, uh, the street department staff, and the city of lacrosse as a whole to make sure that he came to lacrosse and not to Green Bay or uh, to stay down in the Madison-Milwaukee area. What do you think? It, what, what do you think the big kicker was? Was it you yourself? That's why Joe Biden wanted to come down here. Was there any one particular thing you think? You know what? This is what lacrosse has to offer that maybe these other cities don't. Well, I would really like to think so, and I appreciate that. I'll t- keep telling myself that. But really, um, we had Lieutenant Governor Barnes here uh, a couple weeks, actually about a month or two ago. And um, so when the White House staff called the state of Wisconsin, the Capitol office there, um, it was actually recommended to put this as one of the locations as a possibility. And the reason when I when I put my salesman hat on, what I really tout with lacrosse is that, you know, there's always these grand plans for, you know, electric vehicles, and infrastructure, but they focus on these large cities. So obviously Madison, Milwaukee for the state of Wisconsin, or if you go across the border there, Minneapolis, St. Paul, they get all this attention. And the backbone and the heartbeat of America is communities like lacrosse. So if you want any of these deals or plans or bills to roll out correctly, you got to start where the people actually are, where the, where the work is being done. And so to have them come to a, uh, uh, you know, a facility our size and see this is real America here, I think that was one of the selling points. Um, another one is obviously our street department really put a lot of work and effort into helping out with the with the with the show, if you want to call it. And the fact that you know the MTU represents and works with our local ATU, so their represented employees, I think, played a big part in their decision coming here as well. Now you said you had a 36-hour turnaround before Biden was going to come to visit. Do you wash everything and get everything clean, or do you make it all disheveled so that he sends some? Uh, hey, we need some more funding over here. <laughs> well, they wanted real. They wanted realistic. So what you saw on TV is, I'll say. Uh, uh, 80% real. Obviously, there's some staging, and that's what they do. But that was our shop. You know, that's where the, the buses and all the street plows get worked on. So um, there was a lot of prep work in the security aspect of it. Like I said earlier, the Secret Service, they don't mess around. I mean, they're looking at blueprints. They're guys just pacing back and forth, counting underneath their breath. And 
you just know to get out of their way because they're 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 doing work. But um, yeah, for the most part, I think that uh, like I said, I think it went smoothly. Now, you, you obviously, MTU. We've got buses. Do you want to just talk about, like, you know, the the the, the forward plan for the MTU? And I think we're trying to go electric buses. And, and I know what do we got? Some hybrid or some some propane buses, or what are we doing? Yeah. So um, exciting time for the MTU. So um, just in the last two years, we've got ten new buses, and those are clean diesel buses. And I know that we were obviously going electric, but those clean diesel buses are a hundred times more efficient than what we had in 2012, with the, which are the buses that they're replacing, and actually some 2007 buses they're replacing. But we do have two fully electric buses coming this fall, and then we also have two hybrid buses coming next year. So in a, since 2019, that'll be 14 new buses with the MTU out of a fleet of 23. So we talk about, you know, people wanting to ride the bus, because obviously we, we focus on people that need to use public transportation, but we also want to grow our, our, our ridership into people that need it, or that just want to ride it. And having new buses is definitely a big sell for that. So um, with the electric buses, there's a lot of eyes on us. I, I just talked, you know, a couple minutes ago about how important a community our size is for this type of program. And um, so I know that there's a lot of people throughout the state and throughout the Midwest seeing how lacrosse um, succeeds with this. Because what people kind of don't get is that, you know, we think electric buses, they don't just come and drop off two electric buses. There's a lot that has to go into it with the infrastructure part. So, you know, we're partnership with Excel Energy to try to get the power source in there. You know, the charging stations, all that uh, charging stations, excuse me, all that infrastructure, you know, that adds up, obviously. And that's, uh, you know, a, a complex kind of part of the, the, the process here that you have to get in place before those buses get here, not to mention just the training and the tools that it takes. So um, I call it an investment for the city of La Crosse. It's going to take some time. It doesn't happen overnight, but that's kind of where the MT is, is going uh, forward in the future. So uh, long story short, we got 14 new buses in the last two and a half years. And we're going to try to get our whole fleet revamped in the next five years. Now, if you have an electric bus, do you run those simultaneously, or does one run and then when that when it's out of juice, you go charge it and you run the other one? How long does an electric bus run? Yeah, we should get a full day of service out of our buses. So we're looking at uh, so both of them we run at the same time. Uh, we have two charging stations and we have two electric buses, and uh, they'll be able to get a full charge overnight and uh, hopefully run a full run. So um, just okay. like a normal bus that you see right now. All right, so no big deal there. Um, uh, and and then I, I guess a lot of people. I get a couple of texts. Uh, how many? Like, what's ridership been like? And are we seeing an increase of in ridership? Sure. So uh, during the pandemic, we dropped about thirty percent, and some of that was self-inflicted. And I'll say this is probably the only time you ever quote a transit guy saying that we were encouraging less ridership, but. You know, last year when the governor put his order out for essential services only, we really tried to promote that to our passengers, you know, the people that needed to get to medical appointments, just the medical staff. You know, we, we have a lot of people that work at Gunderson and Mayo um, that ride our buses or people that need to get to groceries. You know, if you need to ride the bus, ride it because you have to ride it, not because you're going to go out to the mall and, and buy something. Now that we're kind of getting back into, I want to call it the normal times here, we're right back to around 70% of our original passenger ridership. Um, and obviously we're putting some things in place to, to make people feel safe and try to get that ridership back up to hundred percent and plus when you're at 70%, what, what would be the average? I, I don't even know how to calculate like the average riders per day or something like that. And then how many buses do you have running in a day? Yeah. So we have, uh, I'll call 11 routes. And so we have 16 buses running throughout the day because some of them are bi-directional or some of them run every half hour. Um, but if you just want to look at just I, the easy numbers to look at are per year, right? And so the city of La Crosse averages, you know, plus or minus about a million rides per year. So that's not a million passengers, but that's a million times people get on the bus or get or, and get off the bus. So it's 
they're counting every trip they take as, as, as a ride. And so if you do the math from there, that's where we're at with the 30%. And like I said, right now, back up to about 70%. And where would you like that number to be in terms of just like, hey, the, our buses are, are really being utilized. And, you know, like, I don't, I don't, it's weird to say that they're making money, so to speak, but like where, where the investment there into all these buses and it, it, it's really paying off because we have, I don't know, do you want the number to be 5 million, a million and a half? Where do you think? Well, obviously a million plus because that's a nice, easy number to talk about and we can have discussions like this. But if you want to talk about a goal in general, I said a little bit earlier, my goal is to get people that don't have to utilize public transportation to want to utilize public transportation. We obviously serve a purpose here for the community, you know, people that need it. And we're, we are, we are, that, that is our duty to get people to, like I said, medical appointments or food or jobs. You know, we, we do all that. But, we, you know, we have a lot of young professionals in the city of La Crosse. And you look at, like, a city like Madison or I mentioned earlier St. Paul, you know, there's a lot. It's part of their culture that people utilize the bus service. And so I'm trying to bring that to La Crosse where, you know, I'm not saying to get rid of your car and that somebody will take it that way. But I'm saying that if you can plan out your trip, you know, if we have Oktoberfest, if we have, the you know, the farmer's market or we have uh, something, an event going on, are you able to take the bus to alleviate that parking and alleviate that single occupant vehicle? And then um, working with our local businesses to try to do some uh, works pass programs where, you know, we give people a little bit of a discount or break or give the employer a break if they encourage their employees to utilize the bus service as well. So, uh, yeah, numbers are great, and I, and I and obviously I have to go by numbers, but uh, just like as a, our kind of mission for, for the future is to try to get those riders that, um, that are, are there because they want to ride the bus, not because they need to. What would be a number that's too many, like 5 million? Well, that's way too, like now they're hanging out of the bus. <laughs> there is never too many. If people ride the bus, I will figure it out. That's why. That's why I'm here. That was my. That's what my job is. So if we continue to grow, the the, the fleet will continue to grow as well. Adam, you, and you mentioned people jumping on the bus to go to the mall. They're they're not going to the mall anymore, Adam. They're just going to Chipotle over there. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things over there. So, um, uh, but maybe the mall will make a bounce back. But uh, yeah, there's definitely other things popping up over there that uh, make it a destination for people. All right, and then real quick, I got like a minute and a half here. The Capital Improvement Projects Ranking yes. System. Over the next five years, we have a, a list of projects that we want to do. Mayor Reynolds has put together a team uh, that will uh, that will rank these things. Hey, we're going to rank the projects. We're going to, you know, we need this as soon as possible, and we don't need this for like three, four years or whatever. Um, you're part of that team. Um, can you just can you d- describe that process a little bit? Yeah, sure. I'll try to make it quick here. So I don't want to speak for the mayor, but I know that when he gets in a lot of platforms, he always talks about public engagement and clarity for the citizens. And what this project is supposed to do is, you know, out of respect to all the departments, there's a lot of things that every department needs. But what it's trying to do is it's trying to, like, strategize for the next five years of prioritizing realistic projects. So instead of each department flooding it with a thousand requests, we're trying to spread those out throughout the five years. And then this ranking system, it, you know, it's, it's got different categories from safety to, um, to uh, uh, public, sa- uh, public safety, excuse me, to public transportation. Um, it's got all these different columns, and it's just a flat-out scoreboard, and we're able to rank these throughout the year and try to prioritize them. So if something doesn't make it this year, where does it fall next year? And it also alleviates, and I don't want to say that people do this, but sometimes we prioritize every project because we know we all need it, and maybe there's been lack of funding for years to come or years previous. But we have to have a realistic goal for the next five years. We can't say everything's a priority one. Otherwise, all these projects will never get done, and then we'll lose track of them as the years go on. Um, but I think the biggest thing is that when we have a clear, set ranking system like this, like I said earlier, it adds more clarity for the public. They're able to see what products we have, where they're going to line up, 
And if you know if somebody's talking about a park and they want to know where where it falls, and every year it keeps getting bounced back, hopefully now it's in a true five year plan that they can see. Okay, it's actually planned for twenty twenty four. And as we get closer to that, we can see the funding fall in place for that project. Now, how do you how do you exclude yourself out of uh, because you're going to just put all your stuff number one? What are you talking about? Well, here's <laughs> one thing that I did is I did not have anything in that program this year because I'm utilizing federal dollars. I was able to move some money around. Um, but with that being said, the scoring system really is allows us to do that because you know we have different department heads from different departments that are doing it. Um, but the category categories really speak for themselves. So you can't, I couldn't put all of mine as, as the top score. People would see that right away. But um, the explanations within the categories spell it out for everybody. So there is no, um, there is no favoring uh, a department, if you want to call it that. Do you have like a number one, two, three? Do you have a top three off top of your top head? Top three products? Uh, I, I don't. Nope. I, I set the scoring sheet off, and I believe they combine them together to complete one scoring sheet, and I never got those results. Okay, but what what would your number one thing be, just when you look at the, the improvement project? Well, I'm sure there's other department heads listening today, so I'll just keep it to myself. Any project involving the MTU would probably be the best project. You can agree with that probably, right? <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, sounds good, Adam. Hey, thanks a lot for taking the time out. We'll let you get back to uh, swim lessons with your kid there. No, I appreciate it. I thought only Mike liked me. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity tonight. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. See ya. All right, that was Adam Lorenz, the MTU manager, or czar, if you will. All right, we gotta, we're got we running a little late. Scott's Comet coming up. Brad doing the news. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. You heard Brad there doing the news. Talk about the two suspects now of that triple homicide. A little bit of a rap sheet on both of them. Over 20 uh, court dates, court whatever you want to call it. What do you want to call them? On CCAP, right? Like <laughs> uh, Case searches, CCAP, circuit court, you go there. Type CCAP in, and then uh, you just look at the cases. So they've had a little over 20 each cases uh, in court there, and uh, dating back one dating back to 1996, the other dating back to 2006. So, I mean, talking a long time, too. So, Libertarian guy texted in, he's texting in a lot, so it's really hard to read uh, a particular text when there's 75 texts. So it's impossible to even like get one one thought because then the thought changes. But in in terms of the rap sheet, so to speak, of these two men that are being sought for the triple homicide last Friday, he texted in. I wonder why people can't see the problems with our election. No, that's see. No, I'm already. I'm just, there's so many texts. Uh, here it is. You're responding with nonsense. No, that's another text. Uh, all right, I'm just not going to read his text because I can't figure out which text is which. But uh, Triple Tom texted in. So we had Adam Lorenz on with the MTU. He's the MTU czar, right? The, the head of the buses, essentially. And obviously we talked a lot about Joe Biden's visit because when does the president come to visit? Not all that often. Sometimes he tries to come visit, but then he gets COVID. Um, but but Trample Tom texted in and asked if I could figure if I could ask him how many bus how many people use the buses per month in a typical month, which is kind of hard to do because we haven't had a typical month in a year and a half. Um, and then he wanted me to ask how much uh, it cost per passenger last month 
when you could take in all the costs. So he really wanted to know how much it cost the city or the taxpayer, how much it cost per rider. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure what, what, what we're looking at. You know, how much does it cost someone to use the bus or how much does it cost the city for someone to use the bus? Per passenger. Well, passenger ship is way down. So they're, well, not way down anymore. He said it. they're at like 70%. So uh, it's not way down, but it's still pretty low. And he said, you know, ideally or, or normally, lacrosse averages a million riders per year, which which is tough, right? There are a million rides per year, not even riders, or a million rides, which makes sense. How many times does someone get on and off the bus? A million. A million times per year. But then... You know, like, then you got to do, he said there's 11 active routes, there's 16 buses running a day. Uh, So what is that? You know, how many people are on the bus at a time in an hour? Like, we could really break it down and then figure it out. Because we all want to, like, just go, the buses are useless, right? Like, they're too big, they cost the city too much money, there's not enough people on them. I think that's where everyone wants to go when you talk about buses in the city. Buses in this city, I should say. I mean, bigger cities... Probably, probably is is they're probably a little bit more full. And I honestly, I don't use the bus. I don't go that way, so I'm not on the bus. And 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 that's probably one of the problems is like, how do we get people? Maybe people like me. If I wanted to jump on the bus, if I wanted to just go to the other end of town quick, can I jump on the bus, do what I got to do, and then jump on the bus head back? Well, I don't do that because a I don't know the bus routes. I don't know how easy or harder that would that would be. And I think that's probably on Adam's team, Lorenz's team, to figure out how to get maybe people like that, people that are in the city that just want to bounce around the city a little bit and then head back to home base, wherever home base. Maybe it's work. Maybe can someone jump into, onto the bus during lunch and get to where they need to go and then get back? I don't know. Is it realistic? Probably probably not. I don't. It doesn't seem like it is. It, it, depending on how far you wanted to go, if you wanted to jump on a bus downtown, head to uh, the north side, uh, and then jump on a bus and head home. But that's his job. So, and then and then just to try to figure out, we always want to know how much that costs. Is the city wasting money there? Um, it, we're not going to get to the bottom of that. There, there's also this. <laughs> What I was thinking, though, is like instead of buses, are the buses full ever? Are they not full? Are they full quite a bit? Um, could we just get electric vans, like big those big 16-passenger vans? But at what point then are the vans, maybe they're way too full, and then it wouldn't work. Um, and then what? You just leave someone standing. Like who really needs to use the bus? You're at the bus stop. Van's pretty full. Now it's a van stop. Van's pretty full. Who actually really needs to use the van? Because uh, there's only two seats left, and there's four of you waiting. So, you know that would be that would be awkward. But um, yeah, a million rides per day. So you just keep doing the math, right? Divided by the number of days in a year, and then divided by and the buses don't run all night. So there's that too. So. Um, the other thing that we talked about too, obviously the Joe Biden visit was pretty interesting to hear, um, how strict the secret service was. I guess it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise, but like they, they, it sounded like they wanted Biden to jump up on, um, maybe get in one of those orange snow plows or jump on a bus or do something, you know, Trump did that. He was in the truck at one time, maybe, maybe more than one time. Uh, and it's always a funny picture, right? When your president's playing, you know, 
playing games with you know heavy equipment <laughs> it sounds funny but like any like a kid right like it's just funny like we all we were all kids once we all wanted to do that and then to pretend that we're kids again is always kind of cool um but the the secret service wouldn't let biden and you could just like send the jokes right like joe biden's too old and senile to even ju- jump into uh even to to get into a one of those big orange snow plows and and get a photo op there right or or what did he want to, he wanted to get him under, sounded like maybe even have him like pretend to work under the bus or stand under or under one of them trucks or one of those rigs. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of different equipment in there. I don't know if they wanted to have him like maybe look like a mechanic or just hunker down or, or lay under there. I don't know. Uh, it sounded like, but Secret Service had nothing, wanted nothing to do with any of it. And, and so you can just, you can send your Joe Biden's too old to move around jokes. Um, and then the other thing we talked about, which is probably the most relevant in terms of of what the the city is doing right now, something new with the capital improvement projects. So the like the the five year plan, right? What what things does the city need to accomplish in the next five years? And then everybody, we've talked about this a couple times last week. Everybody throws their their what their wants and needs into into the hat, so to speak. And then it comes out, and you can you can check out that plan online um and when we talked to the mayor and when we talked to city council member matt keel that was the wish list so there's there's quite a bit of debt on there there's quite a bit of spending but that was the wish list and i think you take that wish list and the guys like adam lorenz at the mtu manager he's also on the ranking team there's a small team that ranks these things so he's part of that team they're going to look at the capital improvement projects probably and and if we had more time, we could dive into a little bit more of what he does there, but probably reads a little bit about what projects, you know, why a certain group wants this or that project, and then what would, you know, where do we rank that, or how many points do you give that to? Um, it sounds like it was a point system as well. Um, but he wouldn't give us his number one, so I don't know. It sounded like maybe he just made his, uh, his MTU stuff the number one. No, I'm just kidding. It sounded like he didn't have anything on there, but... Um, that's, uh, but, but I would, it would have been nice to hear like a top three. Hey, what's your top three? But he didn't want to give that to us. I don't know if that's like all anonymous. Maybe, maybe that's why when everyone submits their projects, that's everything's anonymous as opposed to, um, like college football, you know, who voted for what, right? Um, all right, we're going to take uh, one more quick break. We'll wrap up. We'll be back after this. All right. Welcome back to the crosstalk PM. A couple minutes left here. You get a text from Northside Kennedy says, uh, we'll talk about the suspects being named now in the triple homicide. He says, uh, liberal judges just keep letting them out of jail now, triple murder. Um, so Kent must have checked out these guys because one, one is in lacrosse, Naya Tao. He's got a lot of things that happen in lacrosse. But uh, hasn't been one since, uh, well, his latest one was in Winnebago County. So I don't know. Kent, let me know if uh, that, like, is that judge a liberal judge in Winnebago County? I, I wasn't aware. And then his last charge before that one, which was in February, was in 2019. So, and that charge was, it's a little hard sometimes to navigate these things. Um, that last charge is really impossible to figure out because there's so many things. <laughs> Doesn't look like it was. Oh, here it is. Possession of meth. 
possession of a controlled substance. So that was 2019. How long do you want someone to be in jail for possession of drugs? So, and and then the other guy, uh, Marathon County, almost all his charges, one in Monroe, one in Shano, over the, since 1996. So latest one was Marathon County. That one looked pretty serious. Uh, looked like he might have... Uh, he had a, f- a firearm or an electric weapon. It looks like he might have strangled or suffocated somebody. Um, so Marathon, Marathon County, liberal judges there too. I don't know. Just saying. Just making assumptions. Um, also, like they're innocent till proven guilty, so... The, there is there is a point though I understand when when the dude has you know this guy this guy in Marathon County like this one in he hasn't had anything since well, that one was in 2020 but before that 2018 there's a whole bunch so there's one two three four five six seven eight things in 2018 in Marathon County so and and they're they're all like taxes and and drugs so like at what point do you you decide, all right, you don't, you don't get out. And I don't know, maybe they, maybe they served two, three years in prison and we're out. It's hard to say. It's, we're making a lot of assumptions again here about, you know, why these guys are on the loose. Maybe they escaped from prison. Who knows? Um, I didn't even get to the Madison news, which is probably like, it probably makes sense because it's news, but it's not. Because I think it's, I just called it a bleep swinging contest between Republicans and and Governor Tony Evers. And this is just what, I mean, we could probably just be mad about how our government's failing us in Wisconsin. Because Republicans want to end the $300 weekly unemployment aid. But they offer no solutions. We talked a little bit about, like, how do, well, let's come up with some solutions. Like, let's flip that. You want to end it? Well, give us an alternative then. Let's use that as an incentive to get people employed. $300 a week if you get employed. How many people get in a job if they can add 300 more a week? But then uh, also, like, if you're going to do that, well, then raise the minimum wage. seven twenty-five an hour. It's pretty ridiculous. And then on the flip side, when, when Republicans decided to hold that meeting in Madison because they want to and the $300 a week unemployment because of course let's go after people on unemployment instead of anything else that's going on in the problem in our in our state that's the thing we want to meet in Madison and try to get rid of and it lost on a 59-37 vote uh they needed two-thirds majority they needed some democrats to side with them and it's not because we're just going to fight we're just going to vote on party lines well while that was happening governor Evers said well if you're all going to be in Madison then I'm going to hold a a special session to educate or to to fund public education while you're all here and we uh gaveled in and gaveled out of that meeting in under a minute again we do we do that we've done that like four or five times now as republicans we're just not going to debate any of the special sessions that governor evers calls we're just going to gavel in and gavel out and and not do our job so along with the 10 months during the pandemic that the the legislature never met, never debated, never passed a single thing in session, zero, during the worst of the the, the pandemic. Um, Also just ignored Governor Tony Evers' special session. Some of them, I guess you could ignore, but at least go go into session and tell us why this is stupid. 
if you want to just go go you know childlike in that here's why these police reform bills shouldn't be debated or here's why we're gonna we're gonna vote against them but they didn't do that they just gavel in and out of the special sessions without debate uh one of those on updating the unemployment system so that seems like maybe it was an important one you could have probably debated that and figured it out amongst yourselves but you didn't you gaveled in and out in under a minute done that a whole bunch of times pretty frustrating should be mad at everyone in madison about that from governor evers on down so that's all the time I got. We'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to talk uh, infrastructure again, but this time on the opposite end, bicycles.